Hi, welcome back. I am Elizabeth, and this is Queenhood. What's up today? What's up? Right now it's Sunday for me, Sunday afternoon, and I have had the dreamiest day, can I tell you? Last night, I saw the Lumineers in concert in the pit, super close to the front, with two of my sisters, and there was a moment where they released all this confetti from the ceiling, and I just looked straight up, and it was so euphoric. I honestly thought, if this is a simulation, this is great, that I'm so blessed that this is my life. And like I always say, life is a collection of experiences. It really is. And some of them we don't have a say in. But most of our life is experiences curated by us. Day in and day out, we are curating the experiences. If this is a movie and we are the main character, what does it look like? Whatever level of entertainment and fun and laughter and connection and romance and love and travel and expansiveness and spirituality, whatever level of those things you want to bring into your life, you bring into your life and then that's your life. But we get stuck going through the motions sometimes and things get meh. And I have to say, I was just on a high from those guys incredible performance. I would love to see them over and over again. Um, I wasn't like the number one fan of all time, but I do love them. Um, And their music is so emotional. So it's my vibe. Anyway, stayed in bed until about 10 today, which is really unlike me, but when in Rome, Um, I just was laying there thinking, I'm hungry. I want brunch and a mimosa. So I walked to a place nearby, sat at the bar, had a mimosa and a crab cake, Benny, and talked to the bartender, Mike, for a couple hours or something. And it's so fun. Like, before you know it, you're in a discussion totally, like, connecting to what was a stranger a minute ago. And it's amazing how we always have more in common than we realize. And, uh, He told me about the concept for his podcast that he's currently recording with some friends but hasn't released yet, and uh, he's an improv and writer and performer and an actor, Uh, and it was just really fun to dissect some different writing, and we dissected the Barbie movie a little bit, and the writing of it, the themes, the undertones, just all the different things about it. It was so fun. I love doing that. So then when you just like happen upon someone who just starts riffing with you on something like that, it's what life's about, man. Seriously. That is what life's about. I'm so over trying to explain my soul to people. I'm not doing that anymore. Like if you're at my level and you do the soul connection type talking, I'm not talking about the weather. I'm talking about what are you doing? What are you up to? What makes you tick? What makes your heart beat? What gets you out of bed in the morning? We'll talk, let's talk about it. What do you love? What are you passionate about? You know? So great. Anyway, I thought it would be a good idea to come and talk through 
untangle, unpack the idea that uh, I was in a relationship for almost 10 years just now. Almost 10 years total, and then the last four of those, we were married. And I entered that relationship at age 21. And wow, did I learn a lot. And when I graduate from one level of life, or let's say wrap up a chapter to start a new chapter, of course I love to look at the key takeaways, right? Because that's how you become wise. Talking real talk from the heart, from the soul, all that, okay? Looking at what went on, what did I learn? And what became so clear as something I need moving forward and seeing that the lack of it really highlights it as something you need. So if you've been in a relationship, you enter it with optimism. And then you learn sometimes the hard way, oh, this thing was missing and that is a problem. And I didn't know that I even needed that per se, but when it's missing, it's noticeable. Again, it's just all collected wisdom. We just bring it with us to the next experience and we're smarter and stronger. All right, so when I think about that, the first things that come to mind are vulnerability and communication and the trust in the safety to hold space for one another. So communication is such a cliche. Oh, you need to have good communication. I didn't really learn what that meant until I was in the thick of a relationship that was serious like that. You have a broad idea of what communication means, but now I know that the level of communication I require is next level. It is different than what I was able to have with my previous partner. It takes two to tango. You can do everything. You can, but you can only walk your part of the beach and then the other person has to meet you halfway. But what I have learned is I want the environment to be safe, to be vulnerable. If I'm not safe, I'm not going to open up and say, look, this is what's going on. This is how I feel and feel connected to you. If I don't feel I can get real with you, we're not connecting. I'm looking for a soul connection. So if we can't be vulnerable around each other, it's not happening. Just to tell a little story firsthand about vulnerability, my ex and I did mushrooms together twice. And the first very apparent thing I noticed when I was on mushrooms was that dissipation of ego and self-awareness, self-consciousness. Like, there's just no ego. You're just alive. And I didn't at all realize how much I was holding back until I was under the influence of something that removed my ego completely and didn't let me hold back, I guess. And it didn't feel safe, I guess, in a way. Um, it really stood out and made it very clear, just one of the many things where I thought, okay, we are not like our full selves around each other. It was just so clear when we were on mushrooms. The other thing that was crazy is, so like who I was on mushrooms compared to who I am right now or in everyday life, 
it wasn't so drastically different. It was me, but just more on a magic carpet ride than normal. Just floaty, artsy, just in awe of the world, frankly. I was just looking at the trees, the grass, the plants, my flowers, the sunset, the clouds, the sky, and I was just, it was just lust. It's how I feel about life always, but it was just on steroids because it's just, you feel the oneness and you feel the oneness. So it's just a magical experience. So anyway, uh, the person I am on shrooms versus the person I am, it's not like a huge leap. But when I saw my ex on mushrooms compared to who he is day to day, it was a large leap. He was nearly unrecognizable. Okay, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Any rigidity, which was an issue, was dissipated again. Ego was gone, and he was giggling like a little boy, which I had never heard him do outside of that. We all have our things, right, that weigh us down, that, that are heavy for us. And I can't solve everything for everyone. I tried, I tried. I could tell he was always carrying the weight of the world, and all I ever wanted to do was take some of that weight off and that's why I spent so much time in that situation I think because that's just in my nature is to help someone you know out of the dark but that experience doing mushrooms was valuable in looking at our vulnerability level which was non-existent and it was already apparent to me that that wasn't you know, totally where it should be, how vulnerable we aren't around each other. But yeah, that just highlighted it. And when I think about the vulnerability and communication and having a space where we can communicate, it was just non-existent. And so my point is, that's a non-negotiable moving forward for me. When I say open communication, I mean open communication. But the trick is, everybody always goes, I want my person to be honest. But then the question is, are you holding a space that is appropriate for that? Are you giving that person a space where they can be vulnerable and open up and not feel like you're gonna jump down their throat and not feel like they're gonna be judged? Because it's, again, it takes two to tango. We always like to look at what we're doing, but just as our relationship therapist would say, both parties contribute to the circumstances of the relationship. It's not one-sided. Both parties contribute. So is that space there? And if it's not, it's not for me. Sorry. So that is the main thing I've learned. Um, I just like to talk things out uh, or, you know, put my truth on the table, I guess, more than talk things out. I really actually don't love to talk things out. I like to put my truth on the table and just be honest. I don't know how else to say it. Um, you know how sometimes something's weird, right? So you just feel weird or you feel awkward or you feel like, ew, or you feel nervous or you feel whatever. Like you're holding back. Something's just off. Whatever it is, any emotion that's not a positive emotion, you want to be able to present that to your person and them not judge you. Um, and the most beautiful thing a, a person can do, I think, in any relationship, not just a partnership like that, 
is to not just see the situation in front of you, but to see the full person as a 360 full being. We are just a soul in this vessel, in this somebody suit. We are just some body, a soul inside this body. And we're all doing the best we can. So I think one of the most beautiful things you can do in a relationship is see one another that way as the full being, as the full soul. And don't judge someone for, huh, why are they acting like this? Why are you being difficult? But rather, huh, why might she be feeling down or triggered by that? Or why might he get defensive when I bring this thing up? And then ask questions, lean into curiosity. I can't say enough. And this is something I'm in the process of constantly practicing is leaning into curiosity with everything, leaning into curiosity. Because we love to judge people and say that like what they're doing is wrong because it's not what we would do. But if we lean into curiosity, we can learn about the person and about humanity in general. And I would say that one of the main key takeaways from that relationship that I want to carry with me to future relationships is the idea that not one person is right and one person is wrong. In every situation as a couple, both parties bring their truth to the table. Both things are truth. I have my experience and you have your experience. Neither is right or wrong. So it's so important to first look at the other person and genuinely try to understand their experience right now. Then communicate your experience in a non-judgmental way. And if both parties can just try to understand the truth of the other, I think it goes a lot better. What doesn't work well, that just drove me up the wall, I just will not participate in this type of behavior anymore. This beating a dead horse, trying to convince someone that you are right and what they are doing is wrong. It's a lost cause. I cannot even count the hours and days probably that were spent wasted just fighting back and forth about how one thing was right or wrong and trying to convince the other. It's just so pointless, so negative, such a waste of time. And I love that I now know that each person's experience is true to them. And to honor that, you know, someone might have their attachment issues, for example, and I want to look at their childhood. I'm aware of that. It's like I, I know that you had this, that, and the other thing as a child because I've taken the time to understand that and hear your stories and feel your pain with you and really get in there and try to understand where you are coming from because then you do what you do and I'm not confused. I'm not taking it personally. I'm not judging you. I get it. So that's why we want to be vulnerable so that our person can get it. And then we help each other grow, right? By being in our truth and being there for each other. Knowing that we're both committed to this journey and that neither one of us are perfect coming to the table. And even when you think your, your um, issues have been fully resolved, 
things might come up and they, they will. Okay. We're creatures, we're animals. Things will come up that ruffle our feathers or that we don't understand or we're not sure how to communicate. And that's all okay. I think what's important is you have a partner that can, again, hold that space with you where everything is safe to talk about. And I mean safe. And can I give an example? Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell, because, and if you want to see what I mean, go to the very first episode of Armchair Expert podcast. Dax has his wife, Kristen Bell, on as the first guest. And they're so vulnerable, just raw, truthful, just amazing about their relationship and how relationships are work and how you're building together. You're shaping these building blocks and building this thing together. It's a partnership. And the way they talk about the growth that they have experienced by working through things with each other. Like if she was insecure about something, then he can really break down where that might be coming from and speak to that and then be able to reassure her that her fears are not going to manifest right here in this relationship. She is safe and she is allowed to be herself and grow and be a flower that wants to bloom with space and not having to walk on eggshells, but rather to bloom freely because that's what we all want, okay? So that is the main area that I want to say first is that whole communication, vulnerability, trust in having that space, that whole thing. I don't think you have to tell your person every single detail of every single thing that's ever happened. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we want to get to know each other on a soul level and have a space that, to be honest, I haven't seen in my real life. As I think about it right now, I've never seen that in real life. As an example, what I'm describing with Dax Shepard, that is not normal. That is not the norm to remove all boxes and labels and just ceilings and everything, rules, and to say we are going to build a relationship here from scratch, not looking at some certain guidebook or our parents or society or, you know, thinking about what we quote unquote should do. But no, we are here to bring our whole selves to the table and build something. And are we both willing to do that? Are we willing to be our most vulnerable selves, as vulnerable as you may be on mushrooms, okay? So there's that, that safe, vulnerable, communicative environment. That brings me to my next point as something that I see now in hindsight as being a lot more important than I realized at the time, you know? Sometimes you just gotta learn the hard way. But again, we only have the examples that we have, okay? And I'm talking about the need for individuality slash the need for boundaries. So I now know what it's like to experience a person who doesn't know what a boundary is. Um, It's like I would say 
I don't want to X, Y, and Z. And he would push and try to convince me why I should not have that stance. And then I would say again and then again and again. And he would keep pushing me to change my stance. And I got so flustered. And it was before I had the language. And I would always say, I don't understand why when I say my preference to something, it's like your instinct is to challenge me and try to convince me to change my mind about something that I'm saying is my truth. And why can't my truth be good enough for you? It just so often felt like uh, my preference or what I said was not enough by itself, that it needed to be challenged, and you need to ask why, why, why a hundred times, like, why do I need that, or whatever it is, and boundaries are not something that came into my life until way too late. I didn't know that that feeling of, okay, I have stated my preference, or I have stated my stance, or whatever it is. And then they just want to push. It's like you didn't say it. You know, it's now I know the language. I literally didn't have the language. That feeling was the feeling of someone not respecting my boundaries. Yeah, boundaries are something that we all need to get privy to and get really good at setting our own as well as respecting other people's, right? In all areas of our life. I also think that I did not respect his boundaries either. Um, again, looking back, and it all makes sense once you start to learn why these <laughs> destructive behaviors and outcomes keep happening. But, and then it's just, that's why they say hindsight's twenty twenty. you know? You just, you live and learn and hopefully just stay on the growing path. I think it would be really cool to have a conversation with my ex and I'm gonna try to but it's going to be a matter of whether he wants to bring his truth to the table because I would love to talk about what we learned is that weird that's probably too deep for most people I don't I don't know because he said the other day that I know him better than anyone and it's like I don't want to just drop off and you know is it codependent to want to make sure that he's doing okay my therapist would say basically like it's okay to wish him well but I can't be like spending my actual energy on worrying about whether he's doing well and stuff and how cool would it be if he could come on the podcast, right? And we could dissect the relationship. Am I mental? I don't know. Yeah, so I just want to make it extra clear that when I'm reflecting back on the relationship right now and like telling you what I've learned and then branched off of that because I think so much of what I learned has been the post-relationship, um, reflecting back on the relationship. And I have to fully say that I am equally responsible for the outcome of my last relationship. 
That includes when you just don't know any better about certain things, right? You know, you don't know what is acceptable or normal or at some point much later it was clear that what I was experiencing at home was not normal but for most of the relationship no because when you think about it you don't ever see a person's full relationship with their person even you look at your parents you look at all your friends you think you know what they're like together and we all know that there is a different version behind closed doors and so since no one really talks about the nitty-gritty of that you're like is it normal to bicker this often is it normal to do these separate things is it normal that we used to snuggle together and now we find ourselves sitting far apart more and more often is it normal that for a while he brought me coffee every single morning and I thought that was so sweet and then one day it just stopped if I have learned one really big thing recently is that it is a universal experience to start a relationship with a person and then find yourself later realizing that the relationship is unrecognizable to what it once was it's a universal experience. And when I talk to my friends about this, if they bring it up that they're experiencing something really difficult in their relationship, there's so much shame behind the words. And I know because I was the same way. There's a clear undertone of feeling like a failure. And I just think we need to reframe our thinking on that because the whole point of life is to evolve into the most aligned version of yourself when you're doing that it's self-love it's you're living in your purpose you're using the gifts that you were given on purpose because you are here to help others in some way and some things feel in alignment and some things don't and some things start out feeling in alignment and then they all of a sudden don't and I think part of adulthood is figuring out when it's time to make a pivot and oftentimes the pivot that looks really hard to make is still the right pivot and I think we know in our heart when it's time but it's the shame that keeps us back this is random but it's also worth pointing out that toxic relationships are like amazing 90% of the time so that's why it's so hard you know it's the adventures and having similar interests and inside jokes and you know all of the snuggly, hilarious, fun, and closeness, and honestly, friendship, too. You know, a buddy, a partner, someone to go walk around the car show with. <laughs> someone to go camping with, right? 
whose company you enjoy. But, oh, excuse the semi-truck. Oh my gosh, they're so obnoxious. Um, we want that, and so we hang on through the times that are treacherous. But then we like start drifting and drifting, and then all of a sudden that thing we were in it for is less and less, and we're left with that question mark that we all get. And if you arrive at that question mark, you don't need to be thinking, what is wrong with me? How could I do this? How could I feel this way? Oh my God, I'm going to hurt them. What is my family going to think? You know, hopefully you evolve to your highest self. So if your preferences and lifestyle and consumption and relationships and dynamics and boundaries, if those things don't change, you need a reality check because you're living in in some kind of storybook that you're painting a picture, like a narrative. I'm saying you, but I'm really talking to my past self. (laughs) You know, you're painting that and so I do want to acknowledge because I actually heard someone say this the other day when they were talking about toxic relationships. They pointed that out and I thought, yeah, that's so true. That's why they call it toxic because it gets in your bloodstream and it's like a toxin and you're sick for it. I'm kidding. But so we should feel for those people who have to leave those situations because yeah, it does suck. And like, yeah, you were super fun and such a cool couple or whatever. And then you started to have like mutual friends, things like that, you know? All those things add up. And then it makes that question mark more of a question mark when really it's not. It's just shame. So, anyway. Okay, I want to talk about respect a little bit. It's super important, I think, to have in a relationship. And one could assume that your relationship probably starts out with both people respecting one another, hopefully. And I think the more common issue would be that someone starts to lose respect for the other person over time. So what does that look like? How can that just happen, you know, all of a sudden? You feel like there's no respect. No respect. No respect on the Okay, another big one for me is trust, honesty. So if one person starts lying about something, it's really hard to believe the times that they're truthful, right? And that starts to make you lose respect for a person. There's something about it that's also kind of like you should be able to handle yourself and communication with me without needing to lie. That's like a cop-out. It's low-hanging fruit. It's why? And I'm just like extra triggered by lying because of my own stuff, but it's important for everyone. Just be honest with each other, man. Um, Another thing that... I think 
can make someone lose respect for someone is when they kind of whine about life as if they are a victim. Like they kind of see the world, you know, as a place that is out to get them and they take things personally and, you know, they're seeing the world with through that victim mentality. I have a very hard time respecting that. And I think most people would. Um, criticizing you, that's something that would make you start to lose respect for someone. You know, like blaming others for things that are actually your responsibility too. That's something that's kind of hard to respect. This is a small example that might seem silly to you, but okay, so I was at home and my ex was at like a business lunch or something or networking lunch type thing. And he pulled up a photo on his phone while talking to these people at the lunch and found a photo of me holding these two really cute kids that we would always babysit. And he tells the people he's talking to, oh, my wife's at home babysitting and it's a lot, so she's asking me to come home. Oh, boy. Okay. As a way out of his thing. Um, that makes me so mad. And I didn't react much at the time, but and maybe it's ego because I don't want to look like someone that can't handle babysitting two children because I can clearly do that and I have a ton of experience doing that and I take pride in my maternal instincts. So that was just like a slap in the face. But then also to have to lie to the people, why can't you just leave? But if you're going to make something up, why did you have to bring me into it? You could have said any other thing about having an appointment or something with your car. But nope. It had to be me being a damsel in distress saying, come home. I don't know how to take care of two kids. Okay, so that type of thing. Ugh. By the way, I'm fully aware that this is not something that would bother everyone and probably the majority of people. But I think it's just because it was possible that I knew these people and I didn't like how it made me look. And I didn't like that it was like a random lie, but I'm sure we've all done something like that, I guess, to get out of a situation, maybe. Sure. Anyway, also, you know, some things are just popping into my head as I sit here, but you know, when he had such extreme road rage, which was every single time he was behind the wheel, not exaggerating. That behavior made me really start to lose respect for him. That is childish behavior to consistently, every single time you drive, you have these incidents and taking everything personally, having these little battles with people in your rearview mirror and letting them take your energy like that. Now, I want to say I had a like era of my life where I felt angry and it was before I was doing enough therapy and things. Meditation. And sometimes I would get road rage, not at, to this extent, obviously, only in the fact that I would be like, what the hell? And honk and stuff like it would make me upset. Whereas today that's rare. 
And I'll also say I really, really empathize with him, and so I'm not shit-talking right now. This was a conversation that happened regularly since the very beginning, so it's nothing new. Um, he knows how I feel about it, but I do empathize because there's clearly more going on there. And when I see someone acting like that in traffic, I don't think that they're out in the world trying to be that kind of person. I think there's a lot going on and now it's misplaced anger. I get that. But you also have to realize if you're a man doing that in a situation or anyone of any gender doing that in a situation where you're with a partner who you have discussed having kids with in the future, how do you think I'm feeling right now that you can't get yourself under control behind the wheel? Because I know that you're seeing red and if there was a car seat in the back, you would still be doing this. And that doesn't feel safe to me. Anyway, so I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that because road rage is not uncommon. But what was more unattractive, the road rage or the fact that there were like two or three incidents all at once they were in with the insurance people? His car had damage. Did I say that? And he never got it fixed. It's still like that. He never got it fixed. Okay. That, all right, it is so unattractive. And also the vehicle was never clean and just like lush ever on the inside. I got to a point where I'm like, okay, this is not my job. Like I would constantly like detail the inside of his car for a while there. And I'm like, okay, you clearly don't respect it or me because you're not keeping it that way. This is another thing that's probably just a personal preference and wouldn't bother everyone. Having a vehicle and not taking pride in respecting your own vehicle, that was unattractive to me. You know, it's valid if one thing, you know, would make you turned off and it wouldn't bother me and vice versa. I just think it's important for one to know that that is also a universal experience. Some things are turnoffs, you know? And that's okay, and you don't need to feel shame about it. But we also can't try to change the person, you know? Okay, moving on. In general, I think that saying you're going to do something and then not doing it is one of the easiest ways to lose my respect especially when it's time and time again of like different projects or things like the car situation or cleaning out the basement or moving this motorcycle thing, whatever it is. It's like, don't say, yeah, you got it. I'll do it. And then you just don't. And then the next day it's just still not done. And then the next day it's just like, at least just be honest and realistic about what you can promise because it's not attractive in my opinion okay the next thing that we are going to talk about is really the big kahuna of the episode this is the most important thing that i would want to pass on about relationships what is it dealing with our own baggage and having the willingness to heal and grow so from the beginning of this past relationship there were clearly things that were going to stand in our way for both of us. And because of the amazing world we live in where now this type of thing is 
a conversation, it is normal to hear people talking about childhood trauma and things like that. And it should ring a bell and you go, oh shit, I have that. I have something going on that's holding me back. Those are really great things to lean into and get curious about. So I feel grateful that I was able to realize, oh, I have trauma that's unresolved and it's going to stand in the way of this relationship. So I started my journey. I started therapy and I've been in therapy for a long time, seeing different types of therapists and things. And then one thing leads to another and I do different types of self-development things because I want to grow. I'm not the same person today as I was yesterday. And like I was saying about Dax Shepard, it's like, you want to build this thing together. It's not necessarily going to just be a walk in the park. It's not. And uh, it's a project and it's a partnership. Both people should be there to get down, you know, and not just be static. That's not cool. It's not romantic. That's not hot. That's not juicy. That's not sustainable. That's not respectable. So we want to grow. We want to evolve. And again, I'm at one side of the beach and you're at the other side of the beach. I can only walk my half. But the mistake that people like me make who are codependent and overly loving and the type to be a caretaker, you try to cross over to that side of the beach. And meanwhile, you're trying to keep your side of the beach clean. And you keep going over there and trying to help this person find a path to meet you. And it's exhausting when the other person is just not having it and they're walking the other way and they're not doing their part. A really good depiction, I guess, of this that was so stark to me is this. So I learned about EMDR therapy and it is for people who have had trauma and it is a really interesting type of therapy that's available now to address these specific traumas and essentially rewire your brain so that you can be released from these heavy things that are just kind of like a padlock on you because they're so deeply ingrained right so I learned about this And then weirdly, right at the same time after I discovered it, I was experiencing people around me in my life telling me that they were doing it or that it was recommended for them or that they tried it or are trying it. And let me just tell you that there is a very drastic difference between the person who takes the tools and uses them compared to the person that takes the tools and keeps them sitting down on the counter. What we need is out here. We are very lucky, even our parents, like my parents, I know that when my mom even was my age, she already was pregnant with her fourth daughter at my current age right now. And (laughs) I don't think there were many resources for telling people how you feel and talking about depression and anxiety and relationships and boundaries all the stuff we're talking about right now that's just so normal that just didn't exist and so we're so lucky to have just an abundance of amazing resources therapies books podcasts 
meditation. I mean, everything. So just utilize it. You can stay static and keep carrying your baggage and hope that someone is going to carry it, but that's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable. All right. You cannot pretend it's not there. This is my strong opinion, and I welcome anyone to disagree, but I can say right now, based on my experience and the very up-close observations I'm able to make in my life with all of the people that I know and the people that I have experienced and the people that I have talked to and the things that I have learned, I can say this with a lot of confidence. That is, if you are carrying baggage, you will not have a successful relationship if you are not willing to address said baggage. Open it up and unpack it. And that's not your partner's job. So if you're feeling empty right now and you feel lonely and you don't even like hanging out with you, but you're on the dating app looking for some person to fill that hole, then this is the part where you're just going to keep drawing circles. So be kind to yourself. Know that what you're experiencing is a human experience and you're definitely not alone. It's hard to do, but it's necessary to face. And there's a big difference between wanting companionship and being codependent, you know? If you look at this idea of codependence versus interdependence, from the beginning of time, think back to when we were living in small tribes. Having interdependence is healthy to say like, I'm gonna do this and you're gonna do this and we're a team, we're gonna work together. But codependence is the idea like, I'm not going to be happy until you are happy, type vibe, and you're just kind of intertwined with each other's stuff, and it's not going to go anywhere. So we're all responsible uh, for taking care of our own baggage. And if you don't know what I mean by baggage, um, it's anything that's holding you back from having healthy relationships. So for me, I had this insane problem with jealousy next level like embarrassing like I'm not anymore but it was like sometimes I still am the reason why these things are so hard and why triggers die hard is because I was being triggered but I didn't like rationally see like I'd be in a situation and I'm thinking rationally I know this person's not going to cheat on me. And I'm actually not concerned that they're going to. Like, confidently, I can say I really don't think that's going to happen. But then I'm having this visceral reaction. Like, I'm getting a kind of stabbing in my chest and, like, hot. Like, a hot flush of, again, being Aries. It's just so sometimes a burden. But I had to unpack that little piece of baggage that little actually very large piece of baggage and did so much work around it to find that really behind that is just fear and I thought that feeling I'm getting when I know that he's going to this certain thing and then I get this scared little fear little feeling is the same feeling as if I was four years old and I was at a huge water park and all of a sudden I turn around and my mom's nowhere to be found You lose your parent. You know, you've done this when you're a little teeny kid and you're like, oh my God, I'm lost forever now. And you're just scared 
and there's all these tall grown-ups just flooding around and you're you just have seen too much nick at night and you're like i'm about to get kidnapped and be gone forever it's really scary and it was the same feeling so then i start tracing and tracing and i'm like why am i scared and it's like oh that's the fear of being left behind and then i unpack that to my childhood and it's like i just didn't fit in and i wasn't accepted and so me putting myself into the world equals rejection i think we all have our version of that we all have our demons and what i've been learning is that instead of fighting them it's better to learn to dance with them this is why it's really important to finally identify these triggers because then you can separate that from reality and i can decide that i'm not going to approach my relationships in my life from a place of fear of abandonment because now i know better and once i traced that fear down to its origin i can then heal these parts of myself and set myself free from these things that are limiting me in relationships not just with a partner but at work everywhere so yeah we all need to deal with our own baggage and not try to find a person to hand it off to i think sometimes people have reoccurring issues with relationships they just keep having the same issues every time they try to have a successful relationship and i'm just like is it because you've been asking each person to carry your baggage because no one is fit to carry your baggage we have to carry our own and so maybe is that what's happening when someone is having the same issues come up there's this expression i love you will keep meeting the same person in different bodies until you learn the lesson oof so you get what i'm saying we are being given opportunities to learn the lessons that we need to learn and i have faith in you that you can face your demons if i can face mine you can face yours and if you're already in a relationship these demons can absolutely be faced while you're still in that relationship and it can change the relationship for the better forever in some situations when people do their big work their big healing a relationship can withstand that a very strong relationship but not all of them can and not all of them were meant to so let's all get the help we need okay okay now to the next point in a relationship i think we need to be willing to let the other person support us it kind of goes along with the thing about holding space but the vulnerability for me was hard and the vulnerability for my ex was tenfold uh to be like it was impossible for him to be vulnerable and it was really discouraging and heartbreaking to be the way that i am and to want so badly to help and then to get pushed away when i could feel in my soul like no i can be helpful right now and i want to accept you and help you work through this not turn my back on you and not have you just live through it in your head like let's go let's do this thing let's 
take what you're holding and let's carry it and let's break it apart and let's open it up and let's crack into it and let's let it dissipate into the atmosphere set it free so that we can be set free can we do that but if we don't let the person do that with us again we're not showing our full selves we're not being vulnerable and even in small ways i personally think that's really important in a relationship to let the other person know that you do appreciate them and that again you are working as a partnership it's nice it's nice to grab a coffee for your person and it's nice to be the one getting the coffee it all feels great right okay the next thing i want to talk about the need for romance like where are you at with that because this is a conversation i have all the time with everyone in my life because it's just fun and there's that classic conversation especially with women where you say like if you are looking for a partner like how important is it that you have that magnetic connection and that you have that vibe you know or the spark or whatever and where do you prioritize that and um it's really hard when you have felt that uh, level of intense soul connection. It's really difficult to try to transition to a relationship with someone where you don't have that. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think that it depends on the person and where they prioritize this type of thing. Where I stand currently is that I am not willing to get into a relationship where I don't have that intense soul connection we got to prioritize for example i'm not gonna pursue someone that i don't have that deep connection with just because i want to be a mom and i try to speed that along no thanks so i have already decided that because again i've been on my journey i've had different experiences i've had different awakenings and you look at what's important to you and what is necessary I don't think that having just that like lust for someone is enough. I don't think that it is. I would want to also be able to look at the person and say, you would be an amazing father and you are going to treat me like the queen that I am. And you're going to be a, a, someone that is good to travel with and you're going to be someone that is ride or die and we're in this together. It's a partnership. I need to have all the things. So I don't think... It's a good idea to say, as long as I have this one thing, we're good. No, and I think a lot of men do uh, make the mistake of kind of just going for that spark and that attraction. But you're going to want that depth, too, if you want it to last. Um, So there's that, and that's my opinion on that, on the whole soul connection. But romance in general, this is a personal thing. I happen to think that life is romantic. And so when I have a person that I'm sharing it with, I want the experience to be warm like that. So it's never going to work for me to be with an icebox because that's not the vibe I want. I want to snuggle up by the fire. That's just me. That sounds repulsive to some people. (laughs) You know, they're like, get off me. And that's great, that's fine, you do you, and you need to find a match for you. But, And again, think broadly when I'm saying romance. It's like, you can just be being a dad, and there's something romantic about it because it's the way you are doing it. Okay, so this is another personal preference type thing, but you talk about the need for 
humor and laughter in a relationship that's super important to some people and not others. That is one thing that we did really well in my last relationship. It was just natural. He's really, really funny, and so am I. And we had so many inside jokes and little faces and things that really, really make every single day just brighter. And so personally, I don't want to be without that. I want to be around someone that makes me laugh. Life is fun, and there's so much funny. Laughing doesn't age, you know what I mean? So, like, if you're someone funny, oh, my God, uh, you're just going to be a good time forever. Plus, to get through things, like, to have humor is so good. Um, I guess I could say that sitting here right now in my loft downtown, um feeling tapped in and feeling like my highest self feels euphoric because I'm in alignment. And I was really not living in alignment for a while. And if you are in that position, I empathize. I really do. It takes a toll. That feeling of something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right because your gut knows you have intuition for a reason and I could write a whole book on losing your trust in your intuition now that I got to watch that completely unfold in myself so this is just something that I want to point out I guess I see people around me you know you've got friends you've got family and you see them in relationships and you see that's weird. You're so different when you're with that person compared to when that person's not here. You're laughing and so much more free when they're not around. Or, you know, you, you're stating your opinion and talking a lot and standing up and being funny. You know, you're just with your wings spread out. And then when this person's around, it seems different. Like those types of things are red flags. And I think it's very normal to hold on to a relationship even though there are red flags. But I think it's worth looking at a little bit closer. Okay, so you know what I think is part of what went on in my last relationship? It's that, that from the very beginning, he was not being authentic. He was trying to be what he thought I wanted. And then over time that's a lot to keep up like that's you're playing a character you're not being yourself you're playing a character and eventually that gets to be too much work and so little by little it started to break down and I started to experience the real him and I started to not like things and then I'm finding myself hoping that certain things about him or certain things he does will change and I don't want to have a partner who I want to change. And I can imagine as I'm saying these words, like some people are probably like, ew. And you might judge me for saying that I wanted to change him. But I'm just being honest with you because that's why I have a podcast. I don't want to be here telling you any bullshit. I want 
to tell you what is truth because that's what's valuable, right? Isn't that how we grow? Um, And it's not fair to him. That's my point and what I said to him the other day because it is a lot more fair for me to say we are just not good and we clearly bring out the worst in each other as opposed to bringing out the best in each other. We bring out the worst, but you're not a bad person and I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person and you're a good person. And so I'm confident that if you had the right partner, this friction wouldn't be here. And same for me. And so that codependency of like, yeah, but I want to help you and fix you and I want to make this work still, that's not doing anyone any favor because you're sitting, filling a seat that someone could be sitting in who doesn't want to change your partner. So if they're not fulfilling like five of these pie pieces on this pie chart, well, there's someone out there who would just love them exactly the way they are most likely. And you're doing them an injustice, both of them, by holding that spot and yourself, you're doing everyone an injustice because you're not happy and it's not your job to sit there and fill a spot. Uh, No one signed up for that if you're in a partnership. You want an actual partnership where there is mutual love and respect and romance and communication and all the things. So that's something to look out for, I would say. If there's a lot of things you want to be changing about your person, I don't know that that's love. I don't know that that's love. Yeah, it's not sustainable to hold up some character that you think your partner should play either. And so I don't want a partner doing that, nor do I want to feel that I want them to be different. It's all artificial. That's the point. When I'm talking about vulnerability, it's like, well, we can't be vulnerable if we're not even being our true selves. So, okay, so I think I have covered, you know, some of the key takeaways that I wanted to talk about as this much wiser version of myself after uh, being in that forever long relationship. Um, And I also want to say that if you are in a situation where you have been in this relationship for a long time and it's now feeling meh and you feel kind of lost and you feel kind of trapped and you feel really dark and when you think about what you can do instead, it feels really heavy and it feels kind of impossible. I see you and I feel for you. And I want to remind you that this is your life, yours. And you don't owe anyone anything. The best thing you can do is chase your happiness in the form of alignment follow what feels right to your soul don't do what you think other people are going to think is respectable or cool or acceptable or normal you don't need to do what you think you quote unquote should do I tried that 
unconsciously and it doesn't work. So follow what feels right. Follow it all the way. And just remember you're a lot more powerful than you think you are. And life is a collection of experiences. And little by little, you're writing your story. You're crafting your life story. So isn't it interesting to think that it could be what you want it to be? Just because you didn't plan to end up where you are or just because it didn't go like you thought it would in your plans doesn't mean now you don't change it. It's all an experience. And if I ask you today, are you the same person you were three years ago? I hope you say no. I hope you're better and more grown and more expanded and evolved. It's good to admit to, yeah, I thought that was the thing. There were a lot of people I thought were going to be let down about my breakup. And ultimately, I can't live my life because I don't want to ruffle their feathers. And that's based on an assumption anyway that their feathers would be ruffled when in reality, no one really cares what we're doing. But the couple people, like my grandmas basically, who I was in fear of their reaction, it's like those things could actually stop someone in their tracks from doing what feels right in their heart. (laughs) And uh, I'm just not willing to let someone else's potential opinion dictate my life because when I was put here with a divine purpose no part of it was dependent upon those random people's opinion right we were put here individually what is this life thing we're doing what is it what are we doing don't get lost If you wanted this thing before and now you feel differently, great. If you thought you'd have two kids by the time you were 32, like I did, and you don't, okay. What, I mean, what am I going to cry about that? I mean, yes, I have cried about it, but (laughs) also insanely grateful that I don't. If I become a mom in the future, I am only now with this experience able to be the mom that my kids deserve. Now I'm ready, you know? So it's like, don't push against things. I don't sit here and feel resentful about what has been, okay? And I also don't hold a grudge against people that have made certain chapters of my life difficult. Man, we're so hard on ourselves. Like how we just think we just fuck everything up. You don't. You're doing great. You're doing great. And whenever you're ready to conclude whatever chapter you're in, you go ahead and conclude it. And you prepare to start the next chapter. And if you do some winging it, it'll probably be a little more fun. Don't try to calculate everything. Because it's not going to go as planned anyway. Okay, so I hope that something in here has resonated with you, given you something to think about. You know, we talked about holding space 
being vulnerable and honest with each other in a relationship, seeing each other as a whole being, that whole 360 view, getting rid of the notion of someone is right and someone is wrong. We each have a perspective to share and we each have a reality. We talked about the need for actual deep communication and that a relationship is something to build together. It's a partnership. And we can redefine what a relationship looks like and do it our own way. We talked about individuality and boundaries and respect, honesty and truth. And most of all, we talked about the need to set down our own baggage, to address our own issues that would keep us from a successful relationship so that we can bring our best selves to the table. You know, I guess that's what this episode is kind of about. It's about taking these experiences we have in life and collecting the data from them so that we can level up, so that we can redefine things like what does a relationship look like and what does mom look like? And what does success look like? And what I shared with you today was a little bit of those learnings from this long relationship I just left. And so wherever you are at with relationships in your life, I wish you well. I wish you peace and love. And if you have a story for me, email it to helloqueenhood at gmail.com. Okay, love, I'll talk to you soon. And until then, keep coming home to your queenhood. Mm-hmm.